The Time of Our Lives, a short story by David Cook. I bought a ghost train. What? I bought a ghost train. You know, the ride you get at the fair at the amusement park. Who is this? It's me, Ron Anderson. We've been chatting on the internet, Facebook and stuff, about the old days. Narrated by Carol Cook. It's Ron now, I told you before. Daniel Overton and Ron Anderson had been chatting over the internet never spoke using Messenger the and then WhatsApp. I knew from our time, family history that he'd been part of the British Expeditionary Force who Another had retreated had to Dunkirk in 1914. I knew it had been harrowing, and so but the it group was, was strange that there were no the time details. Of our lives. And then I found his diary. Daniel thought it was a silly name. The diary that Not led just the sound of it, but the fact that the diary it wasn't that really that accurate. It, was it all started when Ron posted a message saying, kind of thing has anyone got any old pictures of where he used to live? An John Maxwell together with chalk, demolished a now for many years white to make way for a collection of high-end fashion shops and three ugly office The blocks. dates were in the margin. As it happened, and every now and Daniel then had lots of photos from his uncle Jack, who'd given them to Basically, him not it was long a before he died. The river dial pictures in of the family, across the streets that comprised their neighbourhood, where he was rescued by an English fisherman. The massive Victorian I chapel, can't include it all, the old labour exchange, the stinky swimming bath, and even some of the yard Dunkirk. where, for a few this times, is not a retreat, it's a bloody route for the day. We're all on the run. Well, that's how lots of has changed by the hour. They don't know what they're doing. So they struck up a cyber conversation, chatting about the good old days. If it wasn't for my earliest lives, we'd all give in. Everywhere is confusion. Everywhere lorries, trucks, supply wagons, guns. Every store and army needs all scattered along the route. Come on, son. We're nearly there. It had been tough back in the Michael kept saying. Then he started up an old song from the first war. Sure, they could both. Then his mates joined in. Then we were all singing. The slums of an industrial working class northern town. To Tipperary. It's Men, a long too poor way to buy cigarettes, collecting discarded butts from it's the It's a long way to Tipperary, to the sweetest girl I know. Many barely scraping a living. Goodbye. But these Pick memories were easily submerged under happier times Farewell of weddings, dinner parties, happy Christmases, simpler things. It's a long, long way to Tipperary. British Bulldog. But my heart, right there, all the way along the road, anything, more and more people join in the, the rush for the coast. His Seems to me that the evacuation scheme is a complete failure. Younger versions of so many dead bodies on the beach. He spent many hours. There were two things that struck me. And the local characters. I'd always thought the retreat from Dunkirk was a victory. Daydreamed his that. way back to the It early sounded 60s. like the British Army was on the run. All lovely the stuff. The days they'd marched, and orders changing hourly, stores, weapons, vehicles. About his latest acquisition. Constant Ron was a collector, normally of old records, teaspoons and medals. So a whole ghost Seems train he was, was there with my great granddad and the other men. I called you. It was Michael who intrigued me. Clearly too I knew excited to spend time typing things out. It's I an call original. my great-grandfather, Grandad. It's easier that way. The far end of I the fairground, the bit that's never used. Mainly storage and so stuff. So there's a difference. Uh, my granddad was 96 when he died. 
down He'd been moved to a hospice, yeah. and I went to the see him as often as I could. The actual ghost train that I went on but as a kid, never get and I bet you did too. Oh, yeah, of course. Towards the end, he was barely conscious. The truth was, his mother would never I brought let his him exercise book, and later Today, then, she would have said something gone, like, I read it out loud. Granddad occasionally got too vivid an imagination as it is. You're but a other than that, there was little you. other response. Today she might have said and stuff like that. And then I mentioned like Michael. But then and sang the song said, about Tipperary no. very quietly. It's special, Dan. Grandad's it's really special. And, his eyes and then Ron was laughing and it was clear from the snorts and shudders and I laid the that he was down. crying with laughter. Maybe You've got to so come. Later, You've got to have I a turn. Just you and me. No one else. Just you and me. It was Grandad's arm and his other hand They were standing outside of the ghost train. Opened it was Michael. Lots of the lights didn't Grandad work. Was whispering but that didn't something. matter at all, Ron had said. He'd messed he around with the electrics and fired a generator side. from one of his mates who ran most from? of the park. Some little town. Told me I was mad by, by the railway. But he don't know how he kept the cheerful, him and the others. And then he burst must have out been in a different again. regiment. It works. In that. Are you ready for the time? We made it because of him. The best time we made it safely. Up on board. There's only one car. That's all he told me his name was Michael and he D. Dragged something the French sound where the single rusted car be buried sat somewhere in France. Granddad was Dan could see more closely that the ghost train had seen far better days. Paint was peeling. The flats into the ghostly world were tall and misaligned. The walls and rails creaked and settled into the dilapidated car. He never spoke again. Ron turned on a switch. I was twenty. The car lurched into motion. I missed him. As he hopped back he didn't in, didn't say much or do much. Daniel felt potted about the garden. But when he went into the hospice, he just lay there. The truth of it was, his funeral was. Good He'd been though. glad that his mother had People been so. People came from the village where he lived, and lots Still, of staff He was an old man now. He Me could manage one ride for the sake of Ron. As the service was finishing. And then around. they were inside. The place was packed. Okay, the first Those skeleton to light up had given him a bit of a turn. Church, the friends cobwebby thing that had tickled across his face had been reasonably effective. So packed the rest, the fact that people were standing uh, sort of at the back. Paled. Mainly older people. He made the odd noise to show willing, and this he noticed Ron was with a lovely smile. And he guessed Ron had been on the ghostly train quite a few times and was pretty seasoned. I made a vow to track but him down. But it was more than that. But when I got outside, Ron seemed to be waiting gone. for something. He was alert, leaning forward, for gripping the cars. I forgot about Grandad's war and the enigmatic. And then they were out. Out to the noise of a raucous crowd. Who I had a place at university. To the sounds and, and lights of a fairground in full swing. We moved in together, and, and by the time I was 25, we were living in a pokey apartment. Stepping out of the pristine working, car into the blazing lights the of the ghost train's frontage. To the vibrant colours and the smiles and smells of his younger life. Not keen enough to manage his growing addiction. We're back, Dan. 1962, I September, I checked. We're back. Like going to see a movie and suddenly they were dancing together. Forgotten for the moment was the impossibility of what had happened Funny how between starting the ghost train's journey came to and a ending. When I spotted a run-down house back. not far from where we worked and suggested through we the queue of parents and children waiting to be it frightened out of their lives. They pushed through the crowds and, was in debt. and Dan knew then Lots that he was back into the time of his own. Three hours and then we'll go back, back his losses, But, getting but deeper no questions. In debt. Time for that later. 
I don't know how it works or how long it lasts, but we're back. I've done three hours and then went back. So we'll stick to that. Go back home, Dan. Go back and see it all again. Go on, off you go. Go and have the time of your life. And moved back in with my parents. I figured he'd be handy, back so I made plans. Damn. I had a I small amount of money of my own. You decided to follow Ron's advice. Time for that later. The request he'd made. Time to try not and long before he died. Antiquated go and see him. Palestine back in time. That's what I Back to his early life. Keep out of the way of Andrew and fulfil Grandad's He would simply accept it and get going. It was a two-mile walk up from the seafront where the fairground continued to blaze and blare away to his childhood neighbourhood in John Maxwell's field. He began to run. Convinced that a lapse in concentration might make all this disappear, might make him wake up back in 2020. Those last two weeks at work were a torture. There were streets to examine, to see the changes, the shops with old-fashioned fronts, streets that no longer existed. The town hall, a black stone, unsanded edifice. The park with its old shelter and smelly toilets on either side. To stand, stupefied by the old railway bridges, three-tier arches which spanned the road. Then there were a few cars to peer at, old Fords, an Austin A60, and then a Volkswagen, a barrier, and then what if I did? He smiled at the occasional trolley bus, recalling how the main routes in and around the town were adorned with electric wires. He reminisced to himself about these buses. Signs asking customers not to spit wooden benches on the top floor. The The streets were familiar, a long sea road to the town centre. Though without the constant fear, the Some he could recall as he walked through the centre. Others were long forgotten. One call turned out to be a quaint little place. Then he was there. Very French. Looking with up the street tiny detached houses house with elaborate entranceways. He realised his gas. Unable to steady his breath. A church in a John distinct Byzantium style. Farm buildings lying side by side with small terrace house, houses and so many courtyards where walls were covered in wisteria and, he considered and gardens buying something a profusion of orange and red flowers. He didn't have the right kind of money. There were even the old a couple of side roads which had the right of way. Possibly the only chip. two roads in France where he that He walked on past happened. the greengrocers, the pork the butchers, two sweet shops side by side. It was beautiful. He could make out the old it chapel building, a light, just to see something, something so well kept, which he respected there. all those who he died back and were buried there. Back home, back 50 years ago. Well. That young lives had been tragically Daniel huddled in the doorway of the grocery shop, staring in amazement at the building opposite. Two flats. His grand lived downstairs. His family upstairs. We chatted Mom, a while, Dad, and in schoolgirl French, I explained why I was there. there she told me that nearly all the cemeteries in the area were for soldiers because his ten-year-old younger son would be there. The we walked walk around the, the pathway. She stopped. How would he explain? He couldn't even explain to it to himself. That I couldn't quite follow. But there was one possibility. She talked about the huge monument to Tifal and the railway cemetery at Poissy. He could that go round the back, knock on the door, shout, It's just me, somewhere about an army world. friend of Joe's. Just World War His One, she said. But I made up my mind. He was born. There had to be something there. 
It was odd sitting with his grand. Tears rolled in Darling's cheeks Later while she chatted night, on, as she always did, again, until before I found everything the became too much for her. I asked him, she never Michael, told anybody where he'd come from. What the problem was. From oh, the village, expecting from again. the railway. Never My family worked the there. Terrors. We all lived there. Our daddy was in earlier, fighting with his big brother, big bully that one. The, the little one crying all the time, eh, hey, their mother's in dead loss. Could be nothing. How she'd never Why got over her husband and elder son dying in the war. Away. But he could help Quasi. her. Get Another someone in to talk French about village. With Stuff. quirky houses of different of sizes and shapes, a massive church, then, a splendid marine town hall, and, and even something day, resembling a village five square. Days before Christmas, I asked in the local shop about the railway and was told that it had been closed for decades. But that was then. No railway here, and this was the just shopkeeper said. When? Apart from the railway cemetery. There was a bang on the, the door. Added. It knocked away She explained something of the history of the railway again. cemetery and then directed me down the windmill road and told me to look for a path through the woods. Gave that him a quick look, then the said to Gran, Granny, can I make a sandwich? Through the woods seemed like You're going to have to stand up to your brother, he's a Just bully. Thump him back, that right, isn't it, Mr. Mr. I've got to go. Daniel stood. So maybe like not so fanciful. This couldn't be happening. I thought I'd missed it. The boy then I glimpsed him. something white down to my right. They stopped making A small, sandwich. steep track Ten. led Ten. twenty Five. meters or so Wait. down to the cemetery. Then carried on Another spreading too much jam on the care two thin slices of bread. A small information book concealed in a little metal cabinet Daniel was ten minutes late getting back told to me there were He couldn't answer any of Ron's questions. He couldn't speak. Just kept shaking his head. I wandered through the identical pristine white Had a hell of a job the first time. And then I had to go back to my sister's house and borrow some old money. There was only so one that, I was a distant relative. We'll talk about it later, okay? Thinking Calm what I would say if he was still alive. Forwards into the darkness. I tell him go his full name. And his shortly afterwards, regiment and the day he died. I wouldn't tell him that Dan I wasn't felt sure lost that this was the right all the trials and tribulations sure? of his long life. Did I sense he was there with my granddad all those years ago? No? No epiphany? Daniel was Just walking along Sea Road again, the 2020 version, it didn't trying to remember what had been Looking there just back, a few hours before. Looking back, I can't believe how silly I was. How he walked silently with I'd Ron until they reached the first yes, part. Yes, I found him. He died in 1918. So tragic, so near the how? end of the war. The I First think. World War, not the how Second. How does it work? Well, I've read loads about it. Be, well, uh, there's the mind over matter idea, using the 95% of our brain power that's never been touched. The full moon there's an idea that every second in time exists in different universes. I'm not a mystic. Oh, I'm and not really the wormhole, black hole business of bending time backwards. Uh, there's the machines using quantum physics. The I the guess cemetery. you shouldn't forget the Almighty. He can do anything from the beginning to the end. Kids, no doubt, String theory, travelling backwards at the speed of light, uh, getting caught up in a time donut, negative energy, dark matter, auto-suggestion where you create a false reality and live in it. Why, there's even Superman flying backwards. (laughs) The list goes on and on. Uh, and you I shouldn't forget the whole load of books and films where they don't even the bother to tell you how it just is. And trousers. But if you ask me, they yes, you are. Old World it's a longing War that builds up in your mind that about takes a dozen you there. Were dancing yeah. together. There was so laughter. I guess I there was a feeling know. of joy. And up the in the second row, 
four plots you, along was Michael. You must have had some idea when you did that. The Michael and his mates would <coughs> help Don. I, I think we operate at different levels. What the we Michael think we know what and smiling at me at the and back what of we the do thinking, when we without knowing how or why. That, that sounds the Michael rash. who took me in his arms when I was young, with me. I was queuing to get on the ghost train. There was this girl with her friends. They wouldn't get on. Me. They were giggling and laughing, pretending to be terrified at the idea of getting on the train. Stories Never mind years being old. on it. I don't ask then any hard questions. She was next to me. He said at one point, "I have no beautiful girl." And then he love. took me in his arms. Well, by the I end of the ride, I'm older than you. I, I walked. Your granddad was uh, truly a great man. man. She was he got those lads through to He would see them well, at Old World War I was one song about Tipperary. Then what happened? I drew back. We were a to meet. I was going to tell her that I wanted to build my whole life, my whole world around her. I looked at Michael's face. She the mouth that smiled, even in composure. I got on the train to hide and my sadness. As the early when I came out the other end, her friends were there. She was dead. An aneurysm. But you never forgot. Not for a day. Then you started up with all this memory story. business. It's a then you had all them photos. Story. Then the group. I could feel this thing inside me, searching for a family story train and on that was it. Whichever got it work you use, I sat in the car and it trundled off somewhere inside. If, if you'd like to write to me about that oh, story or indeed any of the stories in the series, then please do so. And suddenly at Quirky Story, the car began to move and com. out that Quirky Story, the old word. K-W-E-R-K-Y-S-T-O-R-Y. I know, three times every... thoughts on the story? I could just look. Or if you'd like to make any suggestions go and look for future stories, then ah, please do. it for me. So please look out for the didn't next do it story for in the quirky story. Together with series. Ron, he returned back to 1962 at least three times each week. He'd met his family, chatted to them even. As with his granny, he introduced himself as an old friend of Gran's husband visiting from London. They accepted the story. They accepted him. Despite warnings from Ron, though he could never understand where these warnings came from, he spent whole days in his old hometown. He would wander the streets and back lanes, take pictures on his phone of the characters, some he remembered, many he'd forgotten. The chilly days of October and November were thrilling, and there were times when he'd plan how he could actually live here. But as time passed, he realised that his joy of being back in time was accentuated by being able to move from his own time to his childhood time. He sat with his gran and began to understand her problems, her loneliness and sadness. She would talk constantly about her husband, about her son, about the Germans and the Japanese and how they were coming for her, and he could see she needed help. I hear them at night climbing over the back wall and then I hide till the morning. They've not found me yet, but they will one day. As the weather turned cold and the December days drew shorter and shorter, he knew she was becoming more anxious. He knew she was reaching the end of her ability to cope. She was preparing to die. But he also knew it was a death that could be avoided. Avoided, and, and then he would begin to get her the help she needed to live a life again with hope for the future. He remembered as a child 
finding the death certificate. His gran killed herself on the 21st of December 1962 by coal gas poisoning while the balance of her mind was disturbed. Only Daniel decided she wouldn't. He knew roughly when she did it. It must have happened in the morning. He was home from school when his father went downstairs and found her. It was the day of his school Christmas party. He smiled, remembering that his mother still made him go back to school. Ron was unhappy about just how involved Daniel had become, but accepted that he had introduced Daniel to his old world and that he had a responsibility to go back with him. And, of course, he enjoyed his time with Sandra, having borrowed Daniel's idea about a returning relative from the South. On the morning of the 21st of December, Daniel entered his grand's house by the back stairs. He crept upstairs and watched as she prepared her final moments. She washed the dishes, cleaned around the small flat. She even applied a little cologne. It was as she rolled a towel to stuff under the door that he entered and stopped her. They talked through the morning until Daniel eventually convinced her that she should not end her life, that she had a future, that he had plans for them both, that together they would cure her of her loss and pain. Reluctantly, he admitted to himself, she agreed to give it another go. What do you mean? You don't feel well, said Ron. Well, ever since, ever since, repeated Ron. And then he knew. He knew what Daniel had done. Of course, you said, you told me right at the beginning, she killed herself. My God, you stopped her. I had to. I knew I could help her. But I warned you. I said we could look, talk even, be friends. But we couldn't change things. Changing what happened, what she wanted to do, well, it's making me ill. It's doing something. You don't know what saving a meant means. It, it could be really big. Oh, don't be daft. What could she do? She was an old woman. She wouldn't start a war, an uprising, anything serious. And I'm going back to help her more. I remember she hated New Year. I'm going back to be with her then. To eat mince pies at 12 o'clock and drink nasty sherry. To get her to go upstairs and see us all. To be happy. Dan, listen to me. Yeah, go back. But you have to tell her. To let her. Kill herself? I couldn't do that. Something's happening to you. It could be happening to hundreds of people. Serious things could be happening. You've got to put it right, said Ron. I'll go back. I'll go back. I'll see what's happening. Believe me, I'll make it better. I'll make, I'll make it all right, honest. Daniel went back to December the 31st, 1962. But later than he'd hoped. He'd been held up when his older brother had called round with his grandkids. Wanted Dan to join the family. While meeting at the social club. Whole family will be there. Aunties, uncles, kids, grandkids, cousins. You can't miss it. 
unexplained, he had something important to do, but he'd pop in later. By the time they'd left, it had gone ten. Still time to get there. More than enough time. He took the car. He was at the ghost train by half ten. Plenty of time, he thought. John Maxwell Street, eleven o'clock. The sound of music, parties, laughter reverberating along the length of the street. A crowd had gathered round his family's homes. There was shouting, someone banging at Gran's door. Then he could smell it, smoke, and mixing with the usual smog of belching open fires, a stronger smell, something different, something dangerous. In the distance, the sound of the fire brigade. He knew what she'd done. It merely postponed the inevitable, that she would continue to find her life unbearable and end it. The loneliness intensified by the occasion, a postponement of the inevitable, not a cure, not a hope in hell. The scene we played a week behind schedule, the small flat tidied, the dishes done, a tiny drop of cologne behind her ear, the gas taps on full, but one little but significant difference. A final cigarette, then the striking of a match. Dan avoided the crowd at the front of the house, powerless to do anything other than watch the flames licking around the doors and windows. He ran to the back, to the small yard, to the door, stairs leading up to his family home, horrified at the fire raging below. Opening the door, a blast of heat almost knocked him off his feet. But he had to get up there. He had to save his family. He marvelled at the noise that a raging fire can make. But his terror was overcome by his need to save his loved ones. The heat and smoke knocked him to his knees, making him crawl up the remaining stairs to the small landing. The door at the top was shut. A door leading to the small bedroom where he and his brothers crammed into a double and single bed. Hopeless. It was hopeless. The smell, the heat, the smoke, the certainty of death. He heard a wailing noise, pitiful. He heard himself crying against the horror behind the door. But still he moved on. Still he had to try. He hit the door hard, hands burning, the smell of his own damaged flesh. He shouldered the door, shifting the weight behind, reaching round and feeling the body blocking his chance to help. But still he pushed harder, moving the body inch by inch, until on his knees he grabbed the small child, dragging him round the door as the roof to the bedroom collapsed and hope of saving anyone else in that inferno was lost. Holding the small body, he slipped and fell back down the stairs, gasping, desperate for clean air, desperate to get the child into safety. And then he was in the backyard, looking down at his younger self. Then the door into the yard burst open, bodies surrounding him, noise, hose pipes, spraying water. Then he was pushed to one side. He watched medical staff move the body, working on his young body, feeling at one with the pain and damage it was feeling, breathing life-giving oxygen, feeling slowly the pain he felt for days lifting, slowly leaving his body, knowing he was saved. His young self was saved, exhausted, He made his final trip on the ghost train, confused and concerned about what had happened, about what he had changed. Daniel woke to a new day, 
and a new life. It would take a little more than a few moments for the full nightmare to be revealed. His immediate family no longer existed. They died in the flames. His brother's grandchildren he adored, the nephews and nieces. None of them existed. The happy memories of a good life eradicated. A lonely life replaced him. A life created from a tragic incident 50 years earlier when a family died, with only one survivor, a young 10-year-old boy called Daniel. But a life Daniel could not bear. It was a life he had created because he'd been so very eager to have the time of his life. I hope you enjoyed that story. It's a quirky story from a series which you can get by searching for Quirky Story on whichever app you use to access your podcasts. If you'd like to write to me about that story or indeed any of the stories in the series, then please do so at quirkystory at hotmail.com. Quirky Story, all one word, K-W-E-R-K-Y-S-T-O-R-Y If you have any comments, any thoughts on the story or if you'd like to make any suggestions for future stories then please do. So please look out for the next story in the Quirky Story series. <laughs>